Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey guys, it's Kayla. Candace isn't able to join us today, but we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. It really is okay. And we have someone fantastic to make us all feel better. We are going to sit down with Jillian Tarecki. She is a certified relationship coach, teacher, and writer who for 20 years has guided others on journeys towards fulfilling relationships with themselves and others. She also has a podcast that I have listened to before and loved, Jillian on Love, where every episode is a book that you can pull off a shelf and be confident that it will help you transform into a better partner and take actionable steps towards a better love life. On her podcast and on today's episode, we're going to learn skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to heal our heartbreaks, and how to choose better partners and build a stronger sense of self. 
I know I need help in a lot of those areas. And so I'm personally so excited to have Jillian on. She is just not only a lovely human, but filled with so much information. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the lovely Jillian Tarecki. And we are here with Jillian Tarecki. Jillian, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. We're, we've been so excited to have you on. Our listeners have been so excited to have you on. I need to make sure we have time for listener questions because everyone was just so thrilled that we are going to be interviewing you today. So before I dive in, I just want to talk about relationships in general, because it feels like no matter where we are, are in our lives, we still have so much to learn when it comes to relationships. We're going to really dive in with you. But before we go there, let's start at the beginning. Can you talk to us about what inspired you to become a certified relationship coach? Was it a specific relationship in your life that led you there? Yeah. So for like 17 years, I was teaching yoga in New York City. So it was always, I was always very invested in and interested in learning about how we relate to ourselves, specifically our own suffering and how we get in our own way. And yoga was this thing that I did and studied, this big thing of how to use the body to sort of to to help us get greater access into the parts of ourselves that is untethered to the stories that we tell ourselves that that make us feel not good enough. And there came a time where I love teaching and I really consider myself to be a teacher, but there came a time where I wanted more and I didn't know what that more looked like. And I ended up getting married and to someone who I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And it ended up not being the case. In fact, it ended up being a really, really difficult marriage that ended shortly after it began. And it was so incredibly painful to me. And during that time that, that, that the relationship was ending, my mom was also dying of lung cancer. So I went through sort of a, a, a pretty profound dark night of the soul. And I made this decision, which I don't think was necessarily conscious at the time, but upon reflection, it was definitely like a decision that I made that I'm going to figure out like why I, I could not wrap my head around the fact that the relationship failed because I had, like many people do, all these sort of preconceived notions about what what has to happen in order for your life to be a good life and getting a divorce was not an option for me. Like I never thought that that would happen. And, you know, I think that many of us, if not all of us at some point in our lives, we wake up and we're like, "Mm, is this what I planned? (laughs) I don't think that life is exactly what I planned. And so I became obsessed when I was dealing with the pain of getting over that that relationship, I became obsessed with what makes a relationship thrive. And I became obsessed with understanding why this happened. And I always say, you know, my life changed the moment that I was able to look at all my relationships, good, the good ones and the not so good ones, including obviously my marriage, 
And I was able to see that every single one had one thing in common, and that was me, for better and for worse. And so I went through this this transformation, I guess you can call it, but this deep dive into, you know, what are my patterns? What are the things, like, why did I end up here? And then what does it take to make a relationship, not just work, because I think a lot of relationships can quote unquote last, but that doesn't mean that the people who are in it are actually happy. They're just staying in it because they would rather not go through the uncertainty that comes with splitting up. So I really became obsessed with that. And I've been obsessed with it ever since. And it's eight and a half years later. And so that's how it all began. That's so fascinating. And it's interesting because you are so right. People think that what makes a really good relationship is how long you've been together, right? And everyone wants to kind of understand like, oh, if you've been together 30 something years, you must know what the what it is. What's the secret? What's the why is your relationship perfect? And I don't think the amount of time constitutes a good relationship. And is there a perfect relationship? No, of course there isn't. And everyone's going to have their trials and tribulations and understand. So how can we better understand ourselves so that we can be better in our relationships? Well, I think it begins with understanding. There's a a few things. So one is to understand what your patterns are in a relationship relationship in romantic relationships specifically, that are not serving you? Like, where do you get yourself into trouble in relationships? So that's the first thing is just to get very honest with yourself, because we all have any, you know, any relationship, for example, that ends, we have to be able to see what our contribution was to the breakdown of that connection. And so we have to look at our patterns. So that's number one. Number two, we have to also understand what it is that we need, like truly need. What what do we need to feel loved? What do we need to feel important? What do we need to feel secure? And this is also based on what we've been through in life. I mean, there are some people who have been through a lot of trauma, for example. And so their needs in a romantic relationship have to reflect everything that they've gone through, right? So that person would need a tremendous amount of security and safety in a relationship. So the way that we actually understand relationships is through understanding ourselves. And we have to understand the patterns that we do that are not working. We also have to understand the things that we do that that are working. And we have to understand fundamentally what our needs are. So we have a lot of younger listeners on this podcast. And so maybe they're they've put this episode on because they're going through a breakup or they, you know, are having a really tough time in their relationship. And, you know, step one, you're saying is to reflect back and see. Uh, So how I mean, do you think you can successfully do that a week after? No. How long? What's the timing that you're able to successfully look into your relationship? You know, because there are stages of grief that you go through when a relationship is ended. Absolutely. So in the beginning, which I always 
refer to it as sort of like the acute stage. It's sort of like if you physically hurt yourself, if you like, let's say you hurt your knee, there's a trauma to your knee. The acute phase of that injury is the inflammatory response. Like your knee will swell up, it'll get red, there'll be a lot of pain. And that's not the time to start rehabilitating the knee. That's the time to sort of reduce the inflammation. And so that's the same thing with a breakup. When it first happens, it's like your entire system is having an inflammatory response. And so that's not usually the time that people process. That's usually, that's when people, depending on the nature of the relationship, but usually when people are really like in fight or flight, they're in survival mode. So when you're going through that, you just have to really surround yourself with as much support as you need. You have to make sure that you are to the best of your ability getting sleep. You have to make sure to the best of your ability that you're hydrating, that you're eating, all those things. It's like, it's the basic survival needs being met in in those moments. Which is hard to do, which is hard to do when you're in those moments. Yes, Oh, it's really hard. I mean, that's, it's like the anxiety is waking you up in the middle of the night. Oftentimes sleep is the time where anyone gets any relief because then it's like, and then you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's not a dream. That's real. And then you have a lot of anxiety. It's, it's horrible. I mean, depending on how intense of a breakup or intense of a relationship it was that's ended, you might have to get yourself into therapy. You might have to get yourself into therapy twice a week, but it's so important to to not isolate and to try to take care of yourself to the best of your ability. And then, and then it's really about what it is that humans do best. And that is we are incredibly adaptable, like we can adapt. And so as the time progresses, we then start to adapt to the new reality, which is that this person is not in our lives. And it's not like one day we wake up and we're like, okay, like we're, we're adapted to this new reality, but incrementally we get more used to the fact that this is the new reality. And when that, when you, when you start to have some distance from the the initial shock of no longer having this person in your life, then you can start to process. And it's difficult because what we do in the beginning is that we play the blame game. We're either blaming ourselves or we're blaming them. We're either hating them or we're hating ourselves. And that's part of the process, but it's really important then to take a step back and and do this with with a coach or a therapist or anyone who can help you mentor you can st- take a step back and really start to look into well what went wrong here you know what really went south like why did this go south and this is a process and i just ask people can you be open minded enough to be able to look at this carefully because it's important that you know your part, but it's also important that you understand what the other person's part is too, right? I mean, that's very important and it's not easy to delineate and it's it's definitely a process. It's absolutely a process. But again, part of that process is learning how to let go, learning how to accept your new reality, and then once you're moving into bigger and greater stages of acceptance of the new reality, then you start to say, okay, 
what what happened here and for some people it's really obvious that like they just come to like it's almost like they they drop to their knees metaphorically i don't know why the knee stuff keeps coming up but it is they drop to their knees and they're just like okay like what am i doing there's a pattern here why does this keep happening and it's the questions that we ask ourselves that really matter so instead of you know why me why does this always happen blah 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 it's the the more important if we can start to ask better questions like why am i always getting hurt in relationships you know why why does this particular thing keep happening and when we start to ask better questions sounds like the difference between those two questions is no yeah it's it's taking ownership of your part in that and also understanding that like not you're not just a victim of circumstance yes absolutely and it really is that and i think you know in the beginning it's okay to feel like a victim it's kind of impossible not to but then it really is you have to want if the pain is severe enough it'll motivate you to want to make a change and at the very least, you, one will be motivated to be to say to themselves, I never want to experience that again. And what that does is that it opens the door to let me figure out what has to happen for that never to happen again. And that's then the journey that hopefully one takes. On your podcast... Jillian on love. I heard you talk about this notion that everyone feels like they have to be perfect in order to earn this perfect relationship. And I I found myself thinking, oh, that's definitely a trap I fall into in my own relationship is thinking that if I can make everything perfect and if I can be perfect, then whatever it is that's going on right now will disappear. And can you talk to us a, a little bit about that? Because and what can we, what can I actively do in my life to stop thinking and believing this? <laughs> well, first of all, it's not entirely your fault, so to speak, that you believe oh, that That's because nice a lot of that is, is just society. Yeah. A lot of that is societal conditioning. I mean, a lot of women have been, uh, in particular, have been um, fed this lie or this misconception that if we give more, if we nurture more, if we are, if our body is more perfect, if we're just like, if, if we're just perfect and we, we, if we embody every single female archetype and it's perfect, yeah, no um, pressure out there, ladies form. <laughs> Exactly. If we're like, if we're the nurturer and the nymph and the sexy and the this and the girl next to, I mean, we're just, we've been fed that that's what in particular, and I'm speaking very heteronormatively here, but this is also in gay relationships too. We think that that's what's going to turn the guy on, or that's what's going to turn the other woman on. And it's actually, it's not true. It's actually false. And I know that to be true because I've known those women to be like, yes, I'm doing this. I'm giving more. I'm nurturing more. And those women are getting rejected over and over again. And they're amazing. And some of them are drop dead gorgeous by anyone's standard. And they're still getting rejected over and over again because that's not actually the key to someone's heart. 
It's not about perfection. It's about accepting yourself and about being an advocate for your needs. Mm. And it's about doing the best that you can and being honest. And sometimes that's going to be good enough for one person and not good enough for another. And whoever it's not good enough isn't for you. Right. But it's certainly not about, oh, they're pulling away. Let me give more. It's ne- That's never the answer. Uh, certainly, I think that we can all... In fact, it's the opposite. It's it's the opposite. I know, exactly. I mean, certainly we can be very selfish in relationships. And I do really believe that it is about giving more, but it's not giving more from a place of, I'm afraid, so let me get them back. It's giving more because you're like, I feel so confident in myself and that I value love so much that I want to give this to you. And that has a completely different energy behind it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. 
So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. we're back. Well, I also really want to talk to you because this was a question that so many of our listeners submitted. We want to talk about how do we date our spouses again? And this is a question we've heard over and over and over again. So many people submitted this one because I think long-term relationships can lose their sense of attraction or their sense of excitement or their sense of uh, vulnerability. And you sort of can get into a routine. Now, my husband and I have been together for 12 years. We've been married for seven. So if there's anyone that needs some sort of like switch up and excitement, it's us because even our anniversary just happened and he's away. He's been away for over a month working. And so how do you keep a relationship together? Uh, I feel like we're just trying so hard to keep our relationship together, let alone like to make it, you know, back to what it used to be. Or how do you, how do you just, I guess, help me with this? <laughs> I need some help. Yeah, okay. So a relationship, a long-term relationship, like never put the pressure on it to be exactly how it was in the beginning, because part of what makes it so like hot in the beginning is because there's so much danger. There's so much emotional danger to it. And then what I mean by that is, there's so much uncertainty. They can leave you at any time. And that's like in a weird way, like a, 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 like that living on the edge with someone is- A thrill. Kind of, yeah. So oftentimes the attraction, we have to really watch our own stress levels because what really dampens the fire between two people in a long-term relationship is chronic stress and how people are dealing with their chronic stress. We get tight, we get rigid, we check out, we become emotionally unavailable when we get, when we're really stressed out and we get in our heads. And so I always use this, this sort of analogy of like two people, they start seeing each other and they're in a car, let's say they're like in a car and they're driving to go to the movies and they get lost along the way. But what they see is like this amazing sunset. And they're like, who cares about the movie? Who cares that we're going to miss it? Who cares that we're lost? There's this amazing sunset. And both people are so in the moment and so excited 
to look at the sunset. And that's how we are in the beginning of a relationship. And then cut to, you know, years later or whatever, same two people in the same car on the way to the movies, they get lost and there's a beautiful sunset, but they don't even see the sunset because they're pissed at each other for, you know, one person's pissed that the other person got lost. The other one's blaming the other person because, you know, you were supposed to be a good co-pilot. And then you miss the movie and they're pissed at each other and they're, and they're angry and they're not looking at the sunset. And so if you want to bring back some of the energy that was present in the beginning of the relationship now, stop caring about the movie and care about the sunset. Mm. So is that then being more forgiving, more forgiving to yourself and to your partner? And I guess, yeah, be in the moment. It's that, but it's also just being more in the moment. Be in the moment, like enjoy life more. Be like, oh my God, isn't that like in the, like, why is it so great in the beginning? Part of it is that we bring our A game. What is it that we do to bring our A game? Well, yes. Yeah, so the low hanging fruit, obvious stuff is like we dress up, we wear the nice perfume, we put on the nice panties, like we're doing all that. But this, but that, so that matters. But what matters even more is that we're just like, we're spontaneous. We want to try new things. We're laughing. We're like in the moment. And then it's like, we get bogged down by stress. We do all, you know, we're in our heads. We're all rigid. And we think, we think, oh no, well, that's who I really am. No bullshit. Who you really are is who you were in the beginning when you were, when you were actually being in the moment. And yes, life is very stressful and, and, and relationships will go through seasons. And there's going to be times where you're not as close or you're not as connected and other times when you're more connected. And that is part of the deal of long-term relationship. But the reality is, is that if we can start to relate to our own selves and our lives and actually experience more wonder in just the, in, the day-to-day, that is going to bring a charge to the relationship that's needed. It seems like it brings a charge to your quality of life in general. That in turn can affect your relationship and maybe your friendships too, and like all relationships in general and just life experience. So that's a really wonderful reminder. And your work, everything. It just seeps into every part of your life, which is really wonderful. I know you are a relationship coach and you coach many different types of relationships. Do you think within your life experience of doing that, have you noticed that our examples, meaning our parents and their relationships, have any effect on how we in turn deal with our own relationships? So, for example, if someone comes from a family that's happily married, are they more likely to stay happily married? Or if someone comes from a family of tumultuous divorce multiple times, whatever, are they more likely to be divorced? Or am I just is that not true? Absolutely. But I want to just just reassure listeners that just because your family life growing up was very tumultuous, that doesn't mean that you have to follow suit. You can actually break patterns. No one is stuck. But yeah, if we don't address whatever trauma or upsetting experiences that we experienced in our childhood or what we witnessed between our parents, our adult relationships are guaranteed to do that for us. And that's because most of the time we are 
picking our partners and behaving in relationships very subconsciously. And the whole point, a lot of what drives me to do what I do is just to take those things that are in our subconscious and bring them into our awareness so we can change them. You know, I mean, I know people who've had amazing relationships with their fathers, but then they struggle to have relationships with men when they're older. And I know people who've had terrible relationships with their fathers and then struggle uh, to have good relationships or actually have good relationships. So it's not, it's not that it's a guarantee, but there's no question, absolutely no question that our childhoods and how relationship was modeled to us through our parents creates our reality. And the thing is, and that comes from communication styles. I mean, if you grow up in a, every family is a culture. Every family is its own ecosystem. And so if you find, if you grow up in a family culture where no one talked about their feelings, the ethos of that family is something goes wrong, you just plow through it and you keep going. Well, that person who grew up in that family might actually have a lot of things in their life that's amazing because of that ethos. Maybe in their work life, they're like, they learned not to let anything keep them down. They're just like, I'm just going to keep going. So they have a lot, of a lot of career success. But in their romantic relationships, they run into problems because they're not comfortable with emotion and they don't know what to do with their partner's emotion. And so they seem a bit walled off. And then next thing you know, they have several partners throughout their lives complaining that they're not emotionally available because this person was raised in a family that believed that you don't really express emotion, right? And then you have someone else who maybe was raised in a family where everyone was just yelling and screaming and fighting all the time. And that wasn't even necessarily bad. Maybe it was a family of a specific culture, you know, where everyone's just sort of loud and everyone's like, you wear your heart on your sleeve and everything is just so like exaggerated. And then that person, not, I don't think it's a mistake. I think, I don't think it's a coincidence. That person might be really attracted to someone who grew up in a family where it's like, no, you don't, you, you're reserved. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be reserved. And they find each other. They're attracted to this quality that's so not like what they were raised in. But then they find themselves having so much, so many problems because they have very different communication styles because of the culture, the not, not the, the ethnicity culture, but the ethos and the culture that they were raised in their family. One everything is talked about loud. The other one reserved, you don't talk about anything. And they're attracted to each other, but then they're like, one person is saying you're emotionally unavailable. The other person is saying you yell too much. And when you yell, that triggers my trauma. So they're triggering the, the hell out of each other, but it's only because of, they have a different belief system around expression because of how they were raised. That's so interesting because my husband's family does not speak of emotion at all. And my family, 
when I grew up, you could call a family meeting at any time. I've, there's four siblings and I you could call a family meeting at any time if something was going on. And that meant everyone in the family had to sit down and be a part of this meeting and talk about it. And so we came from polar opposites. And you're right. We were each attracted to what the other took from their family. And we're finding ourselves not necessarily butting heads, but trying to figure out what works in our separate family dynamic because you're right we are our own culture too and so trying to figure out well then what how do we want to raise our kids what dynamic do we want for our family and sometimes you know we're trying new things we're learning our kids are young we have a 13 week old baby so our kids are brand new they're we're still kind of learning as we go oh my here God. congratulations thanks but we're like definitely learning as we go and you know i think also part of this is being willing to accept your faults and knowing okay that didn't work. Let's try and regroup and figure out, let's try this this time and see if this works. And um, maybe not being set on one specific way, but evolving as we grow and as our children grow. And hopefully, I think the key is to grow together, because I think that's hard. And speaking back, going back to, you know, the distance in relationships and things like that, it's been so difficult to grow together long distance. And we've had so many of our listeners who are in long distance relationships, a lot of them in college, and their boyfriend or girlfriend is back home. And do you have any, you know, for anyone in a relationship that has some sort of distance in it? Are there any secrets? Are we all doomed? Which I know we aren't, but, you know, great. No, no, Can no. you give them to there us because we need them? <laughs> yes, there are secrets and it's difficult. I've been in them. I've been in two in my life, so I, I understand. So number one, there has to be a tremendous amount of consistency. I really have found to the best of your schedule's ability that you have a set time that you connect every single day. And the thing that's really great about being in a long distance relationship in 2022 is technology. You can see each other. And that wasn't the case years ago. So FaceTime, Zoom, make sure you can see each other. And if you can have a set time where you connect every single day, then you do that. Also really important that there are some text exchanges throughout the day, just sort of like, hey, thinking of you, always a good night always a good morning text because people can get really anxious too with when there's long distance. And then also there has to be like a plan. It's really important that when there's long distance that you have on the calendar when you're going to see each other again. So those are my, those are the most important tips I can give. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And we're back. It sounds like, you know, the the good night text, the good morning text, the checking in, making sure you see each other's faces. You know, it's so easy to get wrapped up in your own day to day. And it's not that you're not thinking of them, but it's important to let them know that you're thinking of them because there's a significant difference between those Absolutely. two. Absolutely. You know, as far as the knowing when you're going to see the person again, you're absolutely right, because then you get excited about it and you can talk about it. Ooh, let's go do this. Maybe we try this restaurant and it kind of brings that romance back and the excitement back. So, OK, I know we've been talking for a while and I want to make sure I get to some listener questions because so many people wrote in <laughs> and we're so excited and I know they're going to want to listen for their questions. So we had a few really good ones. Margie, one of our listeners, wants to know how to differentiate between encouraging your partner partner versus acting like their mom. And I thought that was a very interesting question and one I've heard a lot of my friends talk about too. They don't want you to be their mom. It's the biggest turnoff to to people ever. So a lot of times when people are like when women are sort of kind of like stepping into the mom role of their of their partner, they're trying to change their partner. They're basically saying like, you know, what you're doing is not really good enough. It's stressing me out. So I'm just going to micromanage you so that you do more of what it is that I really want you to do. So you have to really watch that. So supporting your partner is just saying, I'm here for you. I love you. I want you to, I want you to be the best that you can be. I believe that in a relationship, we are responsible. If you really want to be in a very conscientious, conscious relationship, both people are responsible for letting the other person know when they're going off their path. So I think keeping each other accountable is really important. And it would look something like, you know, I noticed that you've been on, the, I'm just using this as an example. I've noticed that you've been like on the couch every afternoon. And what's up like that? That's not that's not how we agree to live our lives. Like what's happening? Like, are you upset? Do you need to go see a therapist? It's not nagging. It's like being really, really clear and being like, I love you, but like this is going too far. You need to go help yourself and I will support you in any way that I can. That's very different than nagging your partner, which is kind of the mom thing. So that's really important, keeping each other accountable. But the second point I was going to make is that, yeah, it's it's so important. And that's not mommying. That's being like, we're in a partnership here and you're going, I love you so much 
that I'm seeing you go off your path. And like, I'm here to tell you, like, don't go off your path. And I would want someone to do that for me as well with compassion. That's different than, you know, nagging. That's different than trying to push them to do something. It's, um, it's different than falling in love with potential and being like, no, you should do this and be the cheerleader. Like, you know, we want to be each other's biggest fans, but ultimately we, we have to help ourselves. Another really good one. Carmela asks, fighting in a relationship, how do we know when too much is too much? Or is there a way to know? Do we know? Yeah. I mean, look, ultimately your relationship should have twice as many positive moments than negative moments. John Gottman actually breaks it down really well about how many more, but it's something like twice as much or I mean, I always thought of it as twice as much, but there should be many more positive moments than there are not. That makes sense. Because why else would you be in that relationship? <laughs> exactly. So I think that that's the way you measure it. You know, you know you're fighting too much when there's more fighting than there is positive moments of harmony. Because, you know, a relationship is always, we're always going through, we go through harmony then we go through periods of disharmony. And then really the magic is in, can we repair and get back to harmony faster? And that's really important. But the second part of that is that there really should be more harmony than there is disharmony overall. And that doesn't mean that in a long-term relationship, for example, that you might go through a season where there's disharmony. But if you were to look at your relationship sort of like holistically, you have to be able to say the, the good far outweighs the difficult. And I can imagine once you go through something like that, the harmony is that much more enjoyable because you can appreciate it from a level of how, uh, knowing what the disharmony is like with that individual. OK, so lastly, Sawyer is asking, how can we find trust again after being cheated on and being in a relationship that was filled with that sort of animosity. I'm wondering if she's asking like, find trust again in the same relationship or trust again in another relationship. You know what? I, yeah, I, she didn't specify it was just a question, but let's go, let's pretend because we don't want people to stay in unhealthy relationships. So let's just pretend that they're gonna move on from this individual, find a new relationship, but how do you find trust? Sorry, Sawyer, I hope that's what you were asking. <laughs> Yeah, but no, but even if they're in the same, even if they stay in the relationship, I mean, I'm, I'm, I did a whole episode on this. The, the only way that people can actually, a couple can recover from infidelity is with third party help. And to really understand why the infidelity happened, there has to be a lot, a lot of remorse. I don't think that a couple can survive an infidelity without the help of a third party, like a coach or a therapist. So I'll just say that. When it comes to moving on and being in other relationships, I know that it's really hard, but it's still true. You can't punish someone that you're seeing for the crimes of your ex. Let's say we're in a relationship with someone who like cheated on us repeatedly, just really just betrayed us and was just a nightmare. Or like maybe we had a series of relationships of people who were cheaters. If we were to look back, we would be able to look back at those relationships and honestly look at them. We would see that there were actually a lot of red flags, like a lot, because usually those things just don't happen out of the blue. 
there was other things going on in their relationship or other things that they picked up on that person that didn't seem right. And so when people are wondering how they can trust again, what they're really asking, whether they realize it or not, is how can I trust myself to not choose another cheater? And to that, I would say, look back and look at all, take all the things, all the red flags. If you've been in more than one relationship where they cheated on you, look at the similarities between those partners. What was going on? Almost always, because I've worked with a lot of people who have experienced this, almost always they'll be able to say that there was like a lot of similarities between those partners that really were like major red flags. So it's about choosing better. And then it's also about giving people a chance so that they're not paying for the crimes of your ex. Interesting how much our self-work is the common thread through all of this and just knowing ourselves and understanding our part in all of this. Bruno submitted a question that I think is important that we ask. He's wondering if it's possible to be happy alone. Absolutely. I think it's necessary to, uh, to know how to be happy alone to be happy in a relationship. I think there are some people who are much happier single, actually, than they are in a relationship, mostly just because they've had a lot of difficult relationships. But yeah, absolutely. Look, I believe in relationship. I believe in love. There's been a lot of studies, particularly a really large Harvard study that said that if we're in a healthy relationship, that that really increases the, the duration of our lives. But being in a, in a crappy relationship, I think, is really, really hard on us. I think a person can want a relationship while simultaneously really enjoy their lives while they're not in a relationship. The two are possible. So yeah, you can absolutely be happy alone knowing that you want to be in a relationship, but you trust in the timing of things. This has been really eye-opening. We've done episodes on relationships in the past, but none like this. And I'm so grateful that you came on to be on our podcast and on at a time when I felt like I was really grateful to be able to ask you personal questions too. So thank you, Julian, for all your help. You guys make sure you listen to Julian's podcast, Julian on Love, and you are just so lovely. So thank you for everything. And I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's funny, as we were prepping for this episode, I just thought of so many awesome relationships that we've seen on television and uh, read in books and all these things. And, you know, media just makes us think that relationships are easy, but they aren't. They are so much work. And I'm speaking for myself. You know, I love all my relationships, but they still feel like so much work. And as I'm saying all this, you're probably thinking of a specific relationship right now. So this episode was really helpful for me. I really loved what Jillian said about how... Your life is longer when you are in a good relationship, but then it's also wildly unbeneficial to be in a bad relationship. And this has forced me to look at myself and understand my part in all of my relationships. And sometimes that's not easy, but I'm going to do that this week. I hope you guys learned as much as I did about yourself and the part that they play and the part that we all play in our own relationships. We have another great episode coming next week. So take care of yourself until then, and we'll see you soon. 
Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with ACAST. Thank you.